Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Peace is an illusion. No matter how tranquil the world seems, peace doesn't last long. Peace is a struggle against our very nature. The skin we stretch over the bone, muscle, and sinew of our own innate savagery. What are you doing? We can't just leave her here. She's not our problem. You want to get us arrested? Just... The instinct of violence curls inside us like a parasite, waiting for a chance to feed on our rage and multiply until it bursts out of us. War is the only thing we really understand. I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show Altered Carbon. Today we'll be covering the second episode from Altered Carbon titled Fallen Angel. That's like an old poison song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and we start this episode off with, a, with, I guess, what you could call a fallen angel. We did. They kind of went right for it and said, well, here's the title of the show <laughs> and here's why. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm really excited to talk about this one. This one, um, we get a little bit more story. We got a lot of action. Got a lot of stuff happening. Are you ready to jump into our top five? Let's do it. Let's do it. Awesome. Okay, I'll start off this week. Um, my number five, I just, I think they really do such a great job. I love just watching this show it's it's a visual pleasure for me. So my number five is just like just the imagery in general. Um you just mentioned, or we just mentioned, uh, the girl falling from the sky. I really thought that was beautifully shot. How you have this, you know, the, the camera's kind of far back, and you've got this 
still water. You've got Kovach, you know, uh, his voice coming over. It's just quiet. It looks peaceful. It looks serene. You can see it looks like it's because the city that we've seen, uh, this Bay City, it looks so busy and noisy and heavily populated. Like there's just people and noise and lights and it looks buildings and pollution everywhere. It looks like, um, and then you kind of see this and it's like, Oh, there's this nice peaceful, uh, water and there's, you know, some people fishing on a boat and you see the city in the background just looks beautiful. And then all of a sudden just quietly, just this body falling from the sky. (laughs) I thought it was just really beautifully shot. Not that it's beautiful to see a person falling to their death. I, I don't know if she was. Did we ever notice she was she alive or was she dead? I don't know when she hit the water. But I don't. She didn't fall very deep. I think. I mean, of course, it's a, a TV show, but I would think if she was falling to her death, she probably would have fell or went a little bit deeper. But I could be wrong. I'm not. Maybe. I'm not a water expert. I'm not either. I haven't looked into this too much, so I don't know. But I just thought that. Um, it was just interesting, and I thought it, in, in its own weird, morbid way, it was just kind of beautiful. Um, I was stunned, you know, because here I am, I'm kind of enjoying that scene, like, oh, this is beautiful. This is something a little bit different because it's so gritty, you know, the city and, and how hardcore it is. So here's a nice, beautiful scene. Oh, but let's take you out of that beautiful scene, and let's have a, a body falling from the sky and <laughs> landing in the water. Um, I also thought right after that, there was another image that really struck me was we get Kovach, looks like the original Kovach, um, in the woods, and there's this ash falling from the sky. And you see Kovach, he's kind of looking up either at the sky or he's looking at something, but the camera's like down below, how it pans up at him. Uh, the trees are on fire behind him. Um, I just really like that whole whole scene in of itself. And I just think that this show, even only in the second episode, gives us some really interesting camera angles and some interesting things to look at. And I just love the imagery and how things are shot. I just think it's um, beautiful and I'd like to sit back and appreciate that. That's my number five. That's a good number five. I like, a, I kind of noted here that this is the second episode where we started underwater. So the first mm-hmm. episode we're underwater watching Co- look, look like Kovach. And then in this one we see the, in the water that woman falling. And there's something that's like so peaceful but yet eerie about water. Like, you know, there, you know, it's one of those things that like, you know, whenever you're in water and you can't see the bottom, like mm-hmm. there could be anything lurking underneath you. And that's kind of what you are. You're the lurker at this point watching this woman fall in. Yeah. And it's crazy to see like, you know, when you, when you kind of come back up and you see like there's this dad and the son fishing and this does not look like a world where you'd be fishing. Like, like you said, there's pollution and it doesn't seem like everybody's probably like in these quarantine cities and there's nobody who really goes outside the city because resources are scarce. It, you know, it just has that feel to it, that post-apocalyptic type world. Yeah. Or dysto- not, or I guess you'd say like non-dystopian or dystopian world, whatever you'd call it. Like mm-hmm. we're not quite Mad Max level, but we're getting there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and like you see the dad, like when they come up to the body, the kid's trying to do the right thing and bring her out. And he's like, no, nah, leave it. Like, you know, you want to get us in trouble. So there's a, like, you get kind of like these weird vibes that like everybody's kind of out for themselves and like getting caught with a dead body, no matter what's a bad thing. Yeah. Real good. Yeah. That was water freaks me out. So looking at it from like, you're at the bottom underneath the body, uh, was kind of freaky because it kind of gives you that, like you said, the perspective of, cause like I know when I'm in the water and I'm swimming and if you can kind of, if the water's just clear enough that you can see like your legs or your feet, but you can't see anything past that, I immediately start freaking out. <laughs> yeah. I've got a huge fear of sharks. So I'm pretty uh, cautious with that. <laughs> Me too. Even if I'm in a lake, 
a swimming pool or <laughs> a pond, <laughs> there's going to be a shark there eating me, getting ready to eat me. <laughs> Or a piranha or some sort of freshwater animal. <laughs> Anaconda, gator, you know, there's tons of stuff in the water that'll eat you. The thing from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, or the thing from, uh, oh, what's the new water one from Del Toro? The Shape of Water. Yeah, but that one wants to make love to you, so that's different. Right, that's a love monster, <laughs> I think. I haven't seen the movie yet. I've heard great things, but uh, I, from yeah. what I get, it seems like a love story. So <laughs> I've heard there's an underwater lovemaking scene, which, you know... Oh. Yeah, yeah, making love to the sea monster. So, okay, there's another little um, uh, deception uh, that (laughs) he he wants to do dirty things, not not eat you. Okay, Well, maybe, depending. (laughs) Okay, that's not where I was headed with that. (laughs) Okay, what's your number five? All right, so my number five, uh, we see Kovach go into this building, and we kind of figure out that this is where... uh, the uh, Bancroft kind of keeps his clones, I'm guessing. Yeah. But it really just kind of exposes you more to these sleeves and like how the wealthy get to live in this world. Because as he's walking down this hallway, you're seeing these like holograms of these different bodies, you know, it's, you know, get the body you deserve. And they have one where like this is naked, like very attractive woman. And it's like, you know, get the body your wife or put your wife in me kind of thing. Like what a line. I know. Like put it's, your it's wife a, in me. Yeah. It's a very interesting <laughs> world where, I mean, it kind of makes you wonder, like, I don't know, I guess is it romantic or not that, like, oh, I really do care about your personality. Like, you know, your body type doesn't matter. So mm-hmm. I'll, up- I'll upload you into this super hot chick that's, you know, of a different ethnicity or, you know, different right. body type. and But it's still you, so it's not technically cheating. I know. What happened to where, like, the wife could just, like, wear a wig and be a redhead for a night or something? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this, is, this is a whole whole other, like, we're just going to switch your body. <laughs> Completely switch your body. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. this is like a, oh, shoot. I mean, we kind of see in this world, like, it's a super freaky world. Uh-huh. And, yeah, that's a good point. Like, what happened to just throwing on the Wonder Woman outfit? <laughs> and it's like, no, you got you to gotta actually look like Gail Gadot. <laughs> Exactly. The costume doesn't work anymore. You got to go for the full, no half measures, <laughs> only full measures. You got to do the whole body. <laughs> but it's interesting you see this. And I think you get exposed to the fact that uh, Bancroft has like a ton of bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, in the first episode, I just assumed like when his first body died, he was just put into a different one. But it's, it's really, it's shown here that his body's cloned over and over. And so is his wife. And what's really cool about this, though, is that, like, it allows him to fast travel, I think. Mm-hmm. So, like, he has a business deal in China or whatever. He can, you know, send his consciousness to one of his bodies in China, make the business deal, then come back. But the one thing I noted is that I'm going to say this out loud. Like, he was he was showing off his Bancroft as he walked <laughs> into that room. And I'm pretty sure that was a, uh, was a fake Bancroft. That was not a real <gasps> Bancroft. Are you calling him out? I'm calling him out. <laughs> it's like it's like the dude that played Hodor. Like his his appendage was fake whenever he showed it off. <gasps> it so, was. Yeah, that's not him. That's that's a fake one. Well, that is really disappointing. <laughs> it probably got him a lot of play though. It's like, oh my gosh, I know what you had, Hodor. <laughs> like, oh Hodor, you liar. Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, How apparently it's a pretty. Pretty big thing. They put like fake appendages down there to make the dudes look better endowed. And I'm I'm gonna well, guess that that's what happened here. You know, I heard um, this is totally going off this the show and not quite the subject. But you know, um, I heard Mark Wahlberg did that in Boogie Nights. That clearly was not 
his little Marky Mark. <laughs> I haven't, I've only seen uh, Boogie Nights on like uh, FX and stuff like that. So I haven't seen the actual oh, version of it, which so I need to at some see, point. Yeah, you got to. Well, you know, hey, it may not do as much for you as what it does for the ladies or whatever, but, um, <laughs> you know, because, but you had to watch the entire show. Like you waited the entire time because that's what they talk about for the whole movie, right? And you got to wait until you got to suffer through that whole bad dialogue. And, and I mean, I love Boogie Nights. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was great. But there's a lot of, uh, you know, like, ugh, okay, can we get through this already? <laughs> um, you got to wait till the very end before you get the money shot. And um, yeah, that was supposed to be fake. So, well, but that's it, that's disappointing. Now I need to go do some research. <laughs> that should be in the news. <laughs> Is this <laughs> a real penis or not? <laughs> I, I, I mean, if, didn't find that. <laughs> if if that's what I was rocking, and, I mean, I am. Trust me. Yeah, that's what I'm rocking. <laughs> of course you are, Sean. <laughs> don't I, don't let others doubt you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I totally show it off too. Why not? It's like, yeah, that's me. That's totally me hanging right Ab- here. Absolutely. But I mean, it, it kind of exposes more of like, what does it mean to be a sleeve? And like now we're introducing cloning into this that, you know, a wealthy person can just keep recloning their body. So mm-hmm. you make it the perfect age, maybe like 25 is the age you want your clone to be. So you live in one clone for about 10 years and then, poof, you get shifted back to being 25 and you're at that right age again of feeling young and vigor. And, you know, your wife goes back in time too with you and you make another couple babies in that 25 year old body. And, you know, it's. It's great life. And and I found it really interesting just to tag on to that, that they, because I don't know, I guess I just assume that, you know, these folks can, they have all the money in the world. Like they are not just like meths and, and the elite of society. They are like, he's like one of the richest of all of them. So he can, I mean, he can afford, I mean, the sky's the limit for this, this guy. I just found it really interesting that instead of getting re-sleeved, in other um, sleeves, they're actually using clones. Well, and which I makes thought, sense, kind of, because I mean, if you if you're does. getting a, a donated sleeve, like we find out that um, Kovax is a nicotine addict, mm-hmm. so you have to worry about like would that person do that body before with this? You know, it's it's basically just a fresh body. It just started at a different age. It is, but you know, it's like. You know, I don't know. The, this we find out that they've been, you know, they've they've been married for hundreds of years, for centuries. She's given him twenty one children, and they are constantly, you know, it's like he never gets tired of how she looks, and he he never, you know, she never gets tired of how he looks. They're it's like in one way, it's kind of endearing that I guess they love each other that much that they are perfectly happy with how they look, and you never want to, hey, honey, why don't you get yourself uploaded into a brunette? Like <laughs> when you see in the beginning where she's like. Put your wife in me, um, you know, that they're not just interchanging because they have their pick of the litter. They can get, this yeah. is obviously this psychoset company is clearly, uh, some sort of elite, um, sleeve company. I don't know what, what you call it, but you know, they, they do clones for these super elite, like the Bancrofts. And then they also have these other sleeves available for the rich that can, you know, afford the, the cream of the crop, not the, uh, whatever donated or whatever, like where you see, um, you know, Kovach come out of and where that one little girl got uploaded into this old lady, you know, whatever's left over in storage or something or donated, however that works. Um, but I just find it interesting that they, but maybe it also has something to do with, because they mention, you know, in the show, in this episode, how, you know, getting uploaded back into your clone, um, cause it's, it's you keeps like the crazy from happening from, mm-hmm. because when you get, they said that when you get constantly re-sleeved, um, 
you know, that it kind of starts to make you kind of bonkers after a while. It like so they frag said, your mind or something like that. Yeah. So they said, well, that doesn't happen when you get cloned or when you're, you know, you use a clone and you use it's, it's you, you know, so maybe that's why they do it because they don't lose themselves. Maybe. That I makes don't know. Sense. I don't know. Thought but yeah, I mean, that. it's almost like this world, like if you want to, it's almost uh, uh, like a rich person getting the car they want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you go in like, all right, well, I want to be blonde. I want to be, you know, six pack. I want to have a huge wiener. <laughs> and then I'm going to rock this world like a hurricane. Like, all right, whatever, <laughs> dude, you're, it's your dime. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. Just write out the check. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's my number five is just getting the sleeve you deserve. Shoo wee. Better have the money to pay for it, that's for sure. Yeah. They don't I heard them put a price tag on this. It seems like they're not quite dealing with like regular currency. They just keep mentioning like credits and stuff. But um be interesting to know what the dollar amount that we can relate to would be. Um but good then they'd have five. to adjust it for inflation and then we have to it'd be a lot of math. <sighs> well, yeah, and we don't want to do any of that. At least I don't. <laughs> Good number five. Um, my number four, moving on, um, just real quick and, and short, something that I noticed that I found really interesting because I can kind of relate to it a little bit was uh, Hawkeye, that little alarm that uh, Ortega had. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it reminded me of the male Alexa, and I'm glad that I don't have mine <laughs> okay. here. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have mine in the room with me. She'd be going crazy. Um, And anyone who has one uh, knows what I'm talking about. Um, But I thought it was super cool because, you know, she's in bed and this thing starts talking to her, like waking her up. And you can do that with Alexa. You know, you can set Alexa, you know, as an alarm. I do that quite frequently. Um, I have her as loud as she can go because I fight my alarm every morning. Um, (laughs) And she's and it this Hawkeye uh, device started giving her updates, you know, she's like, well, where's the target or what's location? And he starts giving her all these updates and you can do the same with Alexa. You can program Alexa to, um, you know, like here's your day or here's the news of the day, or here's on your list that you need to do today, whatever, whatever you want Alexa to start your day or tell you when you wake up in the morning to kind of bring you up to date on what's happening or what you need to do for that day, things like that. Um, she will do the same. Um, in like news, weather, things like that. And I thought it was just kind of cool to kind of see how we aren't really that far from this futuristic technology that we're seeing. Uh, kind of like what we see in Black Mirror sometimes. Um, if, if y'all are familiar with that show, hopefully you are. Um, but it, it kind of shows how it kind of intermingles. Clearly this thing's a little bit more advanced. It has a tracker on, on Kovac. And I don't think Alexa is doing that yet, although you can drop in. You folks know you can drop in on people, right? Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Alexa, stalk the neighbor. So hey, if they have an Alexa, <laughs> um, it's possible. Um, but anyway, I just thought that was kind of cool. It just, it, it just, as soon as I saw it, it kind of triggered. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like Alexa. And I just thought it was kind of worth mentioning that, you know, um, and like I said, if you have one, you're familiar with it. I just thought it was kind of interesting with the technology that we have today isn't too far off from what you see in this, you know, futuristic um, type of world. What I'm going to say in that scene, too, with Christine Ortega, her, I think the actress's real name is Martha Higareda. Um, mm-hmm. She's in extremely good shape. Oh, yeah. She's a badass. Yeah. She was like there. And I was like, oh, wonder what she does with those handcuffs because I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's, she's tough. 
I mean, that kind of like really set the tone for this episode too, because you know, the, the very uh, kind of going off like the first episode is like there's a lot of kind of sexy, like very like Westworld Game of Thrones kind of stuff going on. And episode two really kind of threw all that on Front Street too. It's like you you get Ortega coming out of bed and she's rocking her outfit, and you're like, wow, okay, this is this is where we're at. All right, let's let's do this. Yep. Yeah, she. I thought it was kind of cool, her character. There's some things she's kind of irritating me a little bit about. I don't quite understand what her deal against Kovach is. I kind of get where she doesn't trust him based on who he was, uh, like in his original life before, you know, like hundreds of years ago when he was an envoy and um, before he got killed and stuff or put in storage, whatever. Um so there, there's parts of her character that kind of irritate me as I'm watching her, but I also find her kind of fascinating because she's a total badass. Um, and, and I think she's probably pretty good at her job. And, uh, but I think it was kind of cool. We got to see a little bit of a softer side of her. Yeah. Well, I mean, not to jump too far into her and it was actually gonna be part of my notes, but the reason I think she's kind of being such a dick to Kovacs and Bancroft, mm-hmm. I've got some suspicion that she may be the one responsible for Bancroft getting murdered. Ooh, we got some because, theories jumping out, huh? Yeah, because there was the the missing body that apparently she knew where the body was, mm-hmm. and she brings it out of storage to be like, and then like at the end, the dude comes like, "Oh, where have you been?" It's like, well, she was in cooler number eight. You know, Ortega knew where that was, and she did the whole uh, thing where she was doing a confession, but there was nobody there. Like the way she was kind of confessing, like maybe like you you know something or you're alluding to something that. Makes me a little suspicious of you. Because hmm. I think it's all kind of tying into her trying to figure out who killed her dad, is what it sounds like to me. That's, yeah, because clearly she wants to know uh, what happened and that because of their faith that he, you know, that, that he did not allow that, um, then they don't know. And I think that really irritates her. She's clearly holding in some anger and some grudges over that. You're right. I'm just, now that you say that is, it makes a little bit more sense, this grudge, because clearly she did not want to go talk to that mother. What, what did she know? I wonder about that girl that disappeared Mm -hmm. because it had been months, I guess, what, four months, two months or four months. I can't remember exactly, but months. It had been a little bit of time. Yeah. That this girl had died and they're holding her body and, and the captain saying that it, it was misplaced. Uh, but she knows where it's at. Just like you said. Um, so why, but then she took, and she took the stack. Yeah. Yeah. She took the stack out. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know so much in this episode. This is probably in my notes or yeah, it's, 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 I think further in my top five, I'll get more into that about the story in of itself. But that is a really interesting theory there, Sean. You're, uh, that's why that's why Netflix shows are so good because that makes you that's why you want to binge is because at the end of it you're like wait a minute and you want to go to the next episode to figure out that your theory's not right <sighs> I know and as much as what I would love to keep you know because we're doing this if no, if no one knows already we are just watching this week to week we're not binging um, so it, it makes it difficult because I want to keep watching and see what happens and already and finish the story. But at the same time, there's so much that happens. I feel like if I binge, I'm going to miss so much. Yeah, yeah And not to that. say anything about anybody binging because I know people love to binge and that's okay. But for me, there's only some shows that I can binge and others I need to like take my time and kind of digest. And I feel like I definitely need to digest <laughs> this show. Even if I wasn't podcasting on it, I'd be like, uh, I got to slow down and pay attention here 
it's kind of like Westworld in a way. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Where you have to just kind of pay attention, do not get up and leave the room, don't look at your phone, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sit and focus. Very hard for me. Good number four. I like it. All uh, right. So for my number four, I am getting a little bit more invested into the the Poe character. Mm-hmm. So the first episode, we're talking like, well, is he an android? Is he human? Like, what the heck is he? Um, and in this episode, yeah. we're, we're exposed to the fact that he's some type of AI. So he's some kind of thing that can, you know, move around via like digital something like i don't know if he's still physically there or because he shot a shotgun at some point so that Mm -hmm. leads me to believe that he's like a physical entity but as we go through this episode we see that there's like this union of ai you know hotel slash brothel slash gamblers that he was a part of but kind of left and finally he got this new person staying in his room in his hotel and so he's you know getting back with these guys and you know, we find, you know, he's got some like deep interest into like the human element. Like he, you know, humans were the ones that created him. So he has some kind of like respect slash curiosity mm-hmm. with him. Seems like he cares for them in ex- extent. And even through this episode, we see that like he really wants to help out Kovacs. Like he, you know, tries to help him with the videos. And then like at the very end of this episode, we see that he's like, hey, I've been watching all this. I've been researching. Like I could be your deputy. I could be your number two. Yeah, and help you crack cute. this case. Yeah, it was. He's got the little brim hat and yeah. the outfit. And he's like, dude, I am ready. I am your Huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs> Good reference. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still just like, again, like I didn't know if this was going to be a reoccurring character. But I'm really excited to see that, you know, Kovacs is staying at the Raven and Poe is really like invested in this guy. I don't know if it's just because he wants money or because he's curious about humans or what it is, but um, just kind of starting to get a little bit more trickle of what this Poe character is. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. He was in my notes. I don't have him in my top five, but I, I, I too love this character and I think I mentioned in our last episode was really hoping that we get to see more of him because I I really enjoy him and I really love his and Kovach's uh, interactions together like when you know he's Kovach is kind of looking at all these different um, possible suspects of all these death threats that Bancroft has gotten and he's like well why don't you try this why don't you do this and you know he's kind of helped talking him through and he's kind of already kind of like his partner, just like unofficial, you know, before he just kind of announces it at the end, like, hey, you know, check me out. I've done this research and I need to be your partner. And I thought it was kind of sweet. And um, I really liked it as well. And that whole conversation, I I think there's more to it. I don't, I didn't get too much. I got a little bit, I got the very surface of his conversation at the poker table with the other um, AI folks, this other AI intelligence that we're kind of getting to know. And they clearly have obvious disdain for humans. Poe, I think, finds them fascinating. And like you said, has a little bit of respect for them, Um, you know, in some way. He's like, well, they created us, you know. And so I'm curious to see if we get any more of that and what that's all about. Like, where where was this falling out? It seems like there was a little bit of a falling out. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, because he didn't end up getting dealed in. Because the one guy was kind of talking about, it sounded like he had like a torture-like thing, like where he would torture the humans and then humans would pay to watch humans get tortured. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, kind of calling back to what Ortega mentioned, like these AI brothels, the AIs like sink to a person almost. So they like become obsessed with them and almost like stalkers. So I wonder if that's going to play a part of this where Poe is like 
you know, obsessed and kind of like stalking or just attached to Kovac at the hip. And like, if that's going to be some kind of thing that plays out or if it's going to be like a, a buddy cop scenario where they're, where they're, they end up being best friends at the end of the season. Go skipping off into the sunset together yeah. happily ever after. <laughs> Kovac's like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, yeah I, I like him too. I'm glad you, you had that in your top five. Yep. So what'd you have for your number four? Um, I recovered my number four. I think I'm on my number three. Oh, number three. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. Um, so number three, we kind of already covered a lot of it. My number three was Psychosec. The that corporation that oh, yeah, yeah. houses the clones in these fabulously uh, beautiful um, sleeves that you can buy. Um, we covered a lot of it um, as, far, as far as like the differences between, I guess, uh, resleeving in your clone versus just you know going into mul- multiple sleeves over and over again. Um, I would, they kept talking about needle casting, you know, in that room, you know, whenever Kovach is questioning the tech guys in there and he's kind of observing the clones and I thought it was kind of creepy, you know, he's, and he's looking at him, he looks a little creeped out himself. He's like, they're not aware, are they? I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh my God, are they, are they aware? But turns out we, they're not. We give them um, a little shock every now and then to keep their muscle memory intact. Yeah, that's oh, just a little freaky. Um, well, you, but you see things like Westworld and like if there's a clone that's like a human body, like we we saw what people did to androids in Westworld. Like that would creep me out oh that people do things like that in this world. I know that would be, yeah, that was just a little, little creepy uh, for me watching that. But they kept talking about needle casting and they were like, well, you were here when Bancroft uh, was needle casted. And they kept saying it kind of like repetitively. I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? So clearly he's, he's traveled. Like he went on this, like, business trip where typically today you're going to fly or Skype or do something for this business trip, but he needle casted. So I'm like, all right, what the hell does this mean? So I looked it up because I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I just had to know. Um, Needle casting, it says, this is the way humanity has gotten around faster than light travel. Rather than simply traveling around the universe on spaceships, your consciousness can be beamed over to a new location where it'll just be fitted with a new sleeve. This is a super quick way to travel, but it has its own drawbacks since you'll be forced to contend with figuring out the new body. It was soon realized how hard it would be to conduct wars with soldiers sent by a needle cast, so it was decided to create a new breed of soldier in order to combat the confusion and realignment that comes from the resleeving process. I think that's where we'll get into talks about the envoy and Kovach. But I thought, oh, so they basically just, because your consciousness lives in this stack, they can, what, like download it? And yeah, I guess it just transport like, it. <laughs> sending an email with a, your consciousness attached. God, would you trust that? Would uh, you trust your consciousness up in the cloud and traveling across? However, it's however it's beaming, like beam me up, Scotty. You know, to what? somewhere else into uh, a new sleeve from the other. It could be even in another world or planet because we've already learned it in yeah. this first episode. We're not just dealing with Earth. Um. So well, think, any, think about like, you know, 300 years ago, if you said, hey, yeah, we're going to be, you know, in these metal tubes flying thousands of miles per hour above the world, you know, people <laughs> like, whoa, yeah. wait a minute, you're going to be like in the air. That's true. Uh, you think how many ever hundreds, hundreds of years ago before the Wright brothers and flight was ever dreamt of that, you know, people looking at birds in the sky thinking, oh, we'll never accomplish, we'll never, you know, be like birds flying in the sky and look at us today. So 
That's true, but oh man, that's still kind of a scary concept to trust, you know, because your consciousness is you. You can get a new body or if you got, if you can afford to anyway, you can, if you die and your stack isn't destroyed, you can get a new body. But if your stack is destroyed, that's essentially you. And if you're taking that consciousness out of that stack and uploading it and then like transporting it somehow for these trips, that's just... Whoa. But anyway, I had, to, I had to get some clarification on that because I thought they keep talking. You know, you were here when he was, he was needle casted and when he was returned to needle casted. And I was like, what is I, I was like, hit pause. <laughs> Let's go Google and find out what this is. So I was, that was that was interesting. That's the only thing that I wanted to add. Um, if anyone else found that interesting and if it was bugging you like it was me that I wanted to add that we hadn't already talked about with the Psychosec um, Corporation. Um, but that was my number three. So my number, three, number three. my number three, I've kind of titled Dippin'. So we find out that hackers in this world, they call it dipping. Mm-hmm. And in, in the first episode, we learned that Bancroft, somebody tried to hack his system. And, you know, we get a lot of interesting information that like when people are needling, like hackers will try to, you know, hit that to get like memories. And they mentioned like, you know, celebrities losing their virginity or, mm. um, you know, just like, uh, you know, famous people doing things inappropriately so they could sell on the internet. Right. And we learned that one of the the people that Kovac was uh, expecting was doing some of these things, or was a suspect, I guess, in in the murder of Bancroft. He finds this guy. Uh, I can't remember what his name is. Oh yeah, I didn't have it written down either. I'm bad. Um, well, anyway, yeah, I can't remember what his name is. But there, there's uh, his wife. Uh, his daughter Eva, was Lizzie. Ava. His yeah. daughter was Lizzie, and we find out that his wife was somebody that did this dipping. And so I, I'm kind of like trying to piece together things and figure out like, okay, well, did she have something to do with trying like to, to you know, the hacking or trying to find out some of Bancroft's, uh, you know, memories? Because we find out that Lizzie worked at this special bar that Bancroft apparently goes to quite a bit. And sometimes mm-hmm. he gets a little aggressive at this bar. And, you know, he's a gentleman, I guess, and buys new sleeves. But, you know, there's just a lot of questions that like is Bancroft hiding something because he was kind of defensive when Kovac was asking questions uh-huh. and all the things that's leading down to this is like you know needling and sending data and like you know it, hacking that data and I'm just trying to figure out if any of that stuff is kind of combined but it's interesting to think about in this world hacking isn't like breaking into like corporate you know businesses and stealing data you know it's actually stealing personal memories that's data and it's kind of a different way of thinking of like I guess, hacking as it is today. That is interesting. And I guess that, you know, what we were just talking about as far as trusting your uh, digital self being uploaded and then downloaded back, you know, once you've returned from this trip, um, whatever you want to call it, um, there's that risk that while you're being downloaded or uploaded, you're kind of vulnerable. I, obviously, there's probably some security measures because they talked about that. Like, well, it's it's secure, but it's like, well, how secure is it? Because people are hacking into it. Um, so obviously, there is some danger to that. And it looks like they're not interested in the whole thing. Like you said, if you're if you're famous uh, or if they can get some something juicy off of you, they take pieces. Um, that is interesting. The guy's name was Vernon Elliott, by the way. Character's Vernon, name. Okay. Vernon Elliott. Yep. Um, very interesting. But yeah, so it's just kind of like again, I always like futuristic things because it's kind of a twist on what there is today. Like, there's hacking today. There's people who try to break into businesses and steal data, and this is kind of the same thing except stealing business data. You're stealing memories, which is 
you know, I, again, I like like whenever we look futuristic and we take things that happen today and twist them a little bit to fit that universe, and that's what what dipping really allows. Hmm. Yeah. What's worse, having like pieces of yourself or pieces of your memory being hacked, or your financial data, <laughs> like they do Ooh, today? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Good number three. So, so this is such an interesting world, and I find and I really like. Like, I had to Google what needle needle casting was. We're learning all of these new terms and definitions and things for this world that I'm having to just kind of stop. And I, I, I kind of like that in a way that it's not just all given to me that I have to kind of think about it. if I can't figure it out on my own as they're talking and as the show is is happening. And if I can't figure out what that means, then I have to go look it up to kind of be like, okay, I'm not familiar with the books. I'm not familiar with this world. I need to go and learn what this is to help me give a better understanding. So I really like that about this show. Yeah, I think that's the benefit of ben- like uh, sending the whole episode out at once. Like you don't have to hold my hand for a whole episode to tell me what needling is. You know, mm-hmm. I can get it by going episode to episode or stopping between episodes to take a break from binging and, you know, look it up on the internet. Yeah, I like it. And I'm thankful that it lives out there, that it will tell me what it is. So I'm not sitting here going, because it will bug me if there's something that I really want to know. And I feel like it's important, you know, to know what that means. Um, it will bug the shit out of me if I can't find it or if it's not out there for me. Um, so grateful for that. Um Okay, moving on, my number two, I'm going to get just a little bit shallow here and just get a little down and dirty and just put it out there. My number two is nudity. <laughs> we, <laughs> we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, Lawrence Bancroft has already, uh, like you said, shown little Bancroft on, <laughs> on, uh, on screen. Uh, is it real or is it fake? Stay tuned, folks. I'll try and find that out. Um, if you... <laughs> <laughs> care about knowing may not care who really cares is it important nope but some of us want to know um inquiring so, minds want to know <laughs> this inquiring mind wants to know not that it's important but um now you said it and it's got me curious and uh that curiosity must be uh resolved um so while I poke around on the internet about the show looking for news and trying to find interesting articles and also my Googling about like what is needle casting, what's an envoy and things like that, I hear rumblings uh, about the show, about the nudity. There's a few folks I've seen out there that, you know, are, you know, some are okay with it. Like I'm okay with nudity, whether it's male, whether it's female, I'm okay with it. Um, but a lot are like, well, this, they're showing too much. Like there's just, gratuitous nudity it's not really helping the story it's not necessary to the plot it's not really doing anything like they are really wanting it to be um have something to do with the show or the the what's happening at the time and um i i can agree with that to some point i think sometimes it can be overdone in some shows like was that really necessary did we have to see that um but this show I'm, I'm not having too much of a problem with yet. I'm only on episode two though. Maybe it gets worse. I don't know. Maybe these folks have seen more episodes and you know, maybe it doesn't help. I'm just grateful because I, I'll, I'll have to say, you know, the way that they kind of introduced us as, uh, you know, James Purefoy um, is his real name. Um, when he comes into the room and he's fully nude, you don't see that straight away because of the way that it's shot when he enters the room, because you're seeing like his, um, 
you know, cast from the glass from where Kovach is looking. You see his reflection in the glass from coming in behind him. So it wasn't immediate to me, oh, he's nude. It wasn't until you kind of, you know, the camera kind of comes around and I was like, oh, he, you know, I am by no means a prude. Okay. But it it kind of surprised me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, that's a penis. I was like, oh, oh, he's, he's, we're going there. This is not just, you know, like, because in the, when Kovach was nude in the beginning, they shoved a briefcase or whatever in front of him. Yeah. So, and all yeah, this like, butt. That kind of made me think like, okay, penises are off limit in the show. And nope, they're not. No, that's what I thought too. I thought, okay, they're just not going to go there. And that's fine. I don't have to. I'm, I'm happy with seeing him shirtless. He's got a great male physique. He should be proud and show it off. Um, so I thought, okay, we're not going there, but they went there and it kind of, I was like, oh, I kind of jumped back and then I went, oh, um, so I I can appreciate that. And I'm glad, look, I, I'm all for, I don't, it doesn't bother me to see a a nude female because I can appreciate beauty. And I think a a female body nude is a beautiful thing. I just want it to be equal. Nothing makes me more angry that they can just show all kinds of female nudity. Like it's nothing, you know, they can throw around women and just have them completely nude and, and parade them around but they're too afraid to show a penis. It's like, you know what? If you're going to show a female, you got to show the male. I don't care. It's got to be equal. I don't care if you're, and if you're not going to show the male, then stop showing so much female. Um, so it didn't bother me so much. Maybe as it continues, it'll get to be too much, but I don't know. I don't mind it. Sean, how are you feeling about the nudity so far? (laughs) I mean, I think it's fine. It kind of came like the first episode, there was hints of it, like a little bit, but this episode was like, yeah, this is, this is what this show is going to be about. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense for this universe because with being sleeves and being able to go into anybody you want, like I think you kind of start like not caring about like people seeing you nude. Mm-hmm. Like why? Why? Like my body's my only body, so that's probably why I'm a little bit more like, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, anybody to see this. Uh-huh. But at some point, it's like, yeah, and at some point, it's like, well, this really isn't my body. I'm just borrowing it. It's like wearing a new shirt or you know, jumping in that new car. Like you want everybody to see that. Be like, yeah, this is what I'm rocking. I'm rocking <laughs> rims, you know. That's true. Well, and I mean, some, you know, like you walk into that psychosec and you see like the, the ones like, oh, put your wife in me. And she was fully nude, that hologram yeah. that she was nude, right? So it's kind of like, this is what you're paying for. You might as yeah. well see the whole car on display, right? And see head to toe, uh, no clothes. This is what this is what you're going to be paying for. So maybe it's that kind of a thing. Maybe there's just not that type of, you know, like you said, um, there's no issues of modesty. Well, I mean, his wife, you know, I mean, she clearly got very nude in this show, but also even when she had clothes on, she might as well have been nude. You know, her dresses are very sheer. There's not a lot to them. Um, Not much left to the imagination, which she's beautiful. My God. I mean, she's definitely a beautiful female and has a beautiful body. And, um, you know, certainly not shaming her for wearing that, those type of clothes, but um, you know, clearly there's just a different, I think uh, attitude, I guess, about nudity. So I don't know. I don't mind it yet. Hopefully, you know, um, I hope they're not doing it just because they can. I, I And I was taken aback that Netflix would do that. I mean, we've seen what Game of Thrones did Westworld do f- full frontal. I don't remember. Yeah, Westworld had quite a bit of nudity in there. They had nudity, but I don't remember how much male nudity uh, there was besides just the rear end, like the full I, frontal. I want to say the, the one uh, outlaw guy, he was mm. showing off his pistols. 
<laughs> Did he have more oh. than one? <laughs> well, he had three. He had two on the side and one in the oh, middle. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Good one. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I just wasn't expecting that from a Netflix show. And I mean, we watch, uh, you know, between us, you know, uh, lots of Netflix shows and movies. And I just don't think I expected that from a show on, on Netflix because it, I don't guess I've seen that yet. So I think that's what really kind of threw me. I mean, seeing the naked women, like I said, that to anymore is nothing because it's just out there so much. But to it seems like it really to see a, a man is like, oh, um, so I don't know. I just, I had to bring it up because it seems to be something that people are talking about a lot. And, uh, just wanted to say, um, with James Purefoy going there, um, whether it was his or not, um, <laughs> you know, stay tuned, but I just, that's my number two. Are you ready to kick off your number two? Yep. Uh, so my number two, I thought was interesting is that we kind of learned a little bit about the past wars that they've had and we learned about the battle of stronghold. Mm-hmm. So earlier you'd mentioned that Kovac had kind of like, because they talk to when you when you re-sleeve, like you kind of have um, uh, like, uh, oh shoot, what do you call it? Um, visions and things like that, like hallucinations. Mm-hmm. And we see him kind of going back into these pretty traumatic events. And one of those is like this just ash-covered forest where a lot of things is burning down. And it seems like it was a strong, like rough battle, which is the Battle of Stronghold. Yeah. And it's always interesting to see things like this because they talk about how in this they consider the envoys terrorists. Which he was an envoy, which we know he he talks about. He did a whole lot of horrible things, and we don't know if that's actual horrible things or just he's kind of you know society has said they were horrible because as he talked in here, he said like museums rewrite history. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a, a famous quote or saying is like you know the the victors or I guess it would be like to the spoils goes the victors maybe or whatever. But yeah, you know, like in war, in battles, like the winner is the one that's like held up to be like, we were the, the righteous group here. It's like, nobody's going to come and be like, Nope, we were the evil jerk faces and we won the war. So hooray for evil jerk faces. (laughs) Right. You know, I had a, I had a really strong vibe of like firefly, you know, they had like a battle of serenity and you know, the brown coats of, you know, Malcolm Reynolds and them, how they were fighting for independence, but the you know the overarching conglomerate you know government won, and you know ends up basically saying like you know those people were just terrorists, they're bad people, and we saved sure. the universe, and that's kind of what you're getting in here. And I mean, it would have to be so like I don't know how much after we kind of fall into Kovacs before he actually died in his previous body, like how like how long had all this stuff happened? Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, walking through this, I mean, if it had only been a year or two, that would be extremely traumatic to be walking through this, you know, thing where they're talking about this battle you're at. You walk over to the shrine of envoy stacks that you know that's, you know, people you fought with, people that, you know, there's like some, apparently there's some girl that seems like he's really, really close to. Mm-hmm. Her stack is probably in there somewhere. And, you know, I love this interaction he had with this little girl who came over and was just giving him some shit. Yeah, that was and good. <laughs> she's going, like, I thought, like, maybe she's going to be, like, his new, like, friend or some somehow. Yeah. But she's going on about, like, how, you know, this girl's a real bitch and how her mom <laughs> says yada, yada, yada. He's like, your mom doesn't know fuck. <laughs> I know. And her Quite expression. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm really intrigued by this. Like, again, this is kind of setting up other pieces to this episode. Like, what was this battle of stronghold? What was this war over? You know, what part did he play in? Who did he lose? Why did they lose? You know, it just kind of opens up a lot of questions um, 
that you know hopefully we get exposed to later in the season. I hope so. We're we're definitely only getting pieces and we're only getting I think one side. It's like you said, you know, whoever comes out the victor can write whatever they want as history and say whatever they want about the other side. You know, we don't know at this point who is at the right, who is at the wrong. You know, as we're seeing these things play out and, you know, what was happening here in the little scenes that we saw and in his flashbacks and, you know, but when you start trying to piece all that together, you know, um, what really happened. So, yeah, I'm hoping that we get more of that, too, because I'm, you know, I think we're only getting just little bits and I think I think we're definitely going to get some more. Hopefully it'll make some sense um, as to what happened, because I'm I think it's going to be interesting, to say the least. So I like it. Yep. So what do you have for your number one? Number one is we've covered a lot of it already, but it's just like the story in general. Um, we're only in episode two, so I don't expect a lot of answers really at this point. I definitely don't think, oh, we're going to find out everything we need to know in episode two. But we definitely get didn't get any answers or I don't feel any closer to answers. I think that we just got deeper with more questions than what we did answers. It, it was so layered because we, we just kept finding out story after story. I mean, he's looking through these uh, clips of death threats that Bancroft has got, and he narrows it down to this uh, um, Elliot fella and goes and hunts him up, finds out about his daughter. Bancroft was seeing his daughter. His daughter wasn't just anyone. She happened to be some form of like prostitute or something yeah. at this. Well, the cop Ortega called it a whorehouse, if you want to call it that. Um, and then <laughs> but it he, had the greatest name ever, the jacket off. Man, there was no subtlety at all. In, no, there wasn't. In the name of the because name of these uh, establishments. When he went into her mind and I saw Jack, I was like, huh, huh, like my like you know junior high mind is like, huh, huh, that'd be funny if it was called jacket off or jack offs. <laughs> and then they do. I was like, oh wow. I was born 250 years too early. I know. Yeah, that's well. You know, maybe you are just a sleeve, Sean, and your staff. Maybe that's yeah. that's actually your establishment somewhere in the future. Maybe that's you. Um, you should trademark that now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's you know we're just it's like it's getting so layered, and you know he goes and he investigates and find out that you know Bancroft is you know a frequent visitor, and hey, he. He'll he'll buy you a new sleeve if he accidentally kills you, you know, yeah. uh, all this stuff. It's like it just getting lots and lots more questions. And I'm I'm really finding myself sinking into this story and really getting interested. And I'm intrigued, you know, by this web of story. Like you think it's a single thread. OK, you know, somebody tried to kill this guy. Well, it's obviously a lot more complicated than that. And there's a lot more go- going on than that. And the characters that are all involved, um, I found so far have been pretty interesting and I'm, I'm interested to see how it, it plays out. Um, so just a story in general, I'm still invested and I'm, I really want to see what happens next and I'm liking it so far. I, I think it's a smart story. I think it's well-written uh, I, and I like it. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, yeah, I think it's kind of intriguing. I mean, kind of bounce back it to the, to the, the jacket off place. Um, you know, like it was, it was kind of like eye opening when she talked about like, when she was talking about Bancroft, when he comes, I was like, well, if he breaks it, he buys it. Mm-hmm. And like, you kind of forget, like you're talking about a human being at this point. Yeah. Like he kills them maybe. And like, and the question is like, well, did he really kill him? Because they can upload their conscience to something else. Right. But like, you know, we talk about Westworld and kind of like, you know, getting out and like letting, you know, 
doing things where you feel like you don't have any restraints. Right. And like, this is even that same way, but instead of it being an Android, like where you could argue, it's like, well, it's a computer with this. It's like, well, it's a real person. It's still like, a it's, person. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where that plays. And I think it kind of shows like the nudity and things like that. Like actual, the actual body besides getting your head blown off just isn't really held in that high regard. It's just kind of, it's a, it's a means it's, it's, I don't know. It's like a new pair of pants is really all it is. I know it's, it's interesting how careless, or at least I guess the people who can afford to be now, if it's someone like you and me, who's, you know, not rolling in it or whatever, we're not living high above the clouds. Um, well, maybe we are. Um, <laughs> but you know, if, if, if those aren't your circumstances and you're not, cause it's basically you get a sleeve of whatever you can afford. Um, but so, I mean, you would think that, I don't know. Uh, at least the people who can afford it don't seem to treat themselves uh, with very high regard. And like you said, it's it's the same as like, oh, well, just a new pair of pants. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Very but, interesting. Uh, the last piece I'll say about this, my favorite part is like as he's leaving, mm-hmm. you know, the, the voiceover as he walks out the door is like, well, we hope you come again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. I just thought, Really? Um, so we're going to name this establishment, jack it off. And, uh, yeah, we hope you come again. Um, <laughs> they totally emphasized that it wasn't oh, just like, yeah, hope you come yeah. again. It's yeah. Oh, clean towels for everyone. Yeah. Grab, make sure to grab a clean towel. <laughs> yeah. And what the dude say, like, don't leave a mess or something like that. Or yeah, this, ugh, this whole place I mean, just did not look very sanitary at all. Yeah, well, I know there, there there's places in our world today that are like this that you know people go into and they have booths that you can walk into and the peep show booths and the, yeah, and the, do they even have those anymore in those the porn theaters? You I know the skeezy porn theaters so. of the day. Those I've actually never been to. Well, I didn't say but, I've been to one. I just, you know. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just saying. Not that I'm admitting here, right? No. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think like tickets are like six ninety nine or something like that, and usually on movie Thursdays, pass. Pick that up. <laughs> I would be getting a lot more use of that, babe. I got to go to a movie. Didn't you just go to a movie like two days ago? Uh, new one just came out. There's a new one. I'm going to the cheap theater. They're repeating this other one that I saw. I got to go watch uh, it again. <laughs> she's like, "Did he say new or nude? I'm not really sure." <laughs> oh gosh. We're so bad. Yeah. <clears throat> well, this episode's like I said, it's got a lot to it. The kind of you know, if you've got a mind that's in the gutter, this this episode is for you. That's for sure. It, and it, whether you want to or not, it's screaming at you. That's for sure. So anyway, what's your number one? We better move along. <laughs> well, my number one, I'm going to keep us in the gutter, and I've titled it "Love Potion Number Nine. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah, so we find a Mrs. Bencroft, you know, showing up at the Raven in uh, Kovac's room, and she's wearing the same outfit she was before, and she talks about this, uh, I don't know if it's something she injects or it's a perfume or what it is, but it's some kind of uh, pheromone that she lets off that's in her sweat, that's in her uh, Mm -hmm. saliva, I guess it like has like this, you know, makes them basically feel the same thing when they're having like sexual experiences together. Mm-hmm. And she lets Kovac and like her, like they just have a heck of a good time in his room. Yes, they do. And this is after she's like, hey, I've had 21 kids with kids with uh, Bancroft. You know, it's great, whatever. But, you know, she's like, hey, have you 
you know, like I know that when you come back as a new sleeve, like you've got a lot of hormones bent up. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah, let's let's do this. And the one thing that like the first note I wrote when I saw this, like when they're up against the wall, I'm like, that's a lot of work. Like that's one thing about TV shows where they do things like that. And you're like, it's not mm. that easy. Like that's how somebody gets hurt. Somebody yeah. pulls a muscle and then it's like, ow. And then like you don't get to finish because you got to put ice on it. And then by the time <laughs> you get back involved, like nobody's in the mood and they have to go back to bed. And then if something does happen, then the lady's like, oh, well, it was because I'm fat. Like, no, it's it. I twisted the wrong way. and uh-huh. like, It's I'll not very practical. It's not. Exactly. It's like you watch any show where there's shower scenes. It's like, nope, that's not practical. That's a slippery work. surface. That's dangerous. Oh, yeah. I sound, yeah. I'm sounding like a prude. I'm not, I swear. <laughs> well, you got to be careful. Like you grab onto the wrong thing and something breaks and falls and you slip and fall and, you know, things can get twisted and turned the wrong way. And before you know it, you have a weird story you have to tell at the ER. I know. Well, that's when you're really grateful for those little um, sticky things in your shower bottom there. Yeah. That keep you from yeah. sliding. You, you laugh that's because right. you, you think they're for old people. But let me tell you, <laughs> they come in handy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not that I'd see. know. <laughs> But it was just kind of interesting to see, you know, we found that Bancroft was visiting these, uh, you know, jacket off. So he was going to these like places where he was paying for sex. And I don't know if he's like okay with her doing this or if it's something she's doing behind his back. But if he does know about it, again, it's just kind of like the body in these relationships. Like you kind of like, okay, we've lived for 100 years. We're still together legally. Mm-hmm. And that's more of a commitment than us being like, you know, celibate to each other. Not celibate to each other, but uh, – um, Oh, what's like monogamous or exclusive to each other. Yeah. Well, clearly they seem to have a love and respect for each other. Yeah. To an extent. Yeah. Yeah. But like, and is that kind of like, you know, whenever you see like married couples have been married for like 20 years where it's like, well, I mean, we're already invested this much. So it's, it's not really going to be worth it financially to leave each other. So we just, you know, we share a house and that's pretty much it. Or is there just kind of like, you know, the more like, you know, experimental type relationship where it's like, yeah, we're in love and like, this is the person for me and we've had kids together and you know, this is my soulmate, but we like to go and swing and have, you know, relationships outside of our marriage. Well, you know, it's, it's very typical. It's interesting that you bring up that perspective because we've talked a little bit about how they choose to re-sleeve in their clones that he still finds her after hundreds of years. He finds, you know, her face, her body, everything about her attractive and vice versa with each other that they for hundreds of years can still look at that same person and be attractive. And they seem to, I don't know yet how artificial or superficial they seem to have some sort of love and respect for each other, even after all these years. However, she knows about his ventures to this uh, uh, establishment that we were introduced to this episode. And she's like, well, yep, it's, it's complicated. And whether or not he knows about her little adventures, I mean, it's, it's typically, um, and again, not that I can speak from experience, but listen, I read a lot of folks, but um, I, I find that people who either open up their marriage or have like a swinging situation, those are typically relationships that, folks have been married for 20, 25 or more years. These are couples that have been together, either married a long time or just together for a really long time. They still like love each other and um, are are going to stay together. They're going to go home with each other at the end of the day. They're just kind of opening that up a little bit. Um, 
which I, you know, I, I find kind of interesting. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see uh, how much, because you saw the little, the, the, the real uh, fly on the wall there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that was like a, a, a droid. Like, the, right. The, but yeah, like, but it was like a, like we always talk about, oh, I wish there was a fly on the wall when well, there was a real fly oh, on the wall. Oh, no, yeah. Good call. Yeah. That yeah, was, uh, you know, spying. Now, who's spying? We see that dude lurking, which we saw yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, was it before or after? Was it was it as Kovash before he found that that establishment? As he's out walking, we see him yeah. kind of eyeballing him. And is that the same fella there at the end? I think it was like as he was getting into that, the the dude was kind of following him and watching him. So like that was kind of like, oh yeah, what's that? That dude seems like he's kind of following him. And then I forgot about him. And then I was like, oh, he's just a pervert with a fly. <laughs> Yeah, there's so much going on in this story. Um, we've got somebody that's trying to kill Kovach, which is probably the same people that tried to kill Ban- or did, I guess, technically. Technically, he's not dead. But they killed his body, not his consciousness. Or maybe they did. Yeah. No, they did. They did because he was uploaded in the in the cloud in his satellite and they were able to download what was left. Either way, they killed the guy. Um, there's just so much happening in this story that it's like, ugh. It's uh, hard to keep up with, but interesting all at the same time. A lot happening. Yeah, I found that really interesting uh, that she secretes this drug or whatever it is. Like you said, if you want to call it love potion number nine, that's a really good, really good reference. <laughs> I thought she said it was words. something nine. That's what kind of triggered her. Maybe I, I skipped the whatever she called it. I was like, ah, love potion number nine. <laughs> I think one of the names, like the actual name, like I think that would be considered like the street name, but I guess the like real drug name or whatever you want to call it, whether it's a drug or whatever this, if it's a hormone, a pheromone or something is uh, empathin or something I thought she called it. But um, I found that very interesting. Um, I don't know if that's built into her clones. Does she get injected? Mm, maybe, yeah. I go for monthly injections to get that or something. I don't know. They made sure to get that upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> pay extra for that. <laughs> That's a really good number one. Um, do you have, uh, well, I guess I'll, it's my turn, right? Notes? Yeah. Yeah. If you have any notes, let's hear them. Sure. Let's see. What didn't we cover already? We talked a lot about Poe, but um, not really the character Poe, but the actual just kind of Edgar Allan Poe references. The Raven was in uh, Kovach's room in the beginning. Uh, yeah. After he woke up from his dream, we got to see the um, an actual raven in the Raven Hotel. Um, I just love it. I just, I'm a morbid kind of girl, guys, and I just love Edgar Allan Poe and everything about him. So I get a kick out of all these, um, like the character of Poe, and then um, all the different um, Poe references throughout the uh, the show. Thought that was kind of worth mentioning. Um, Oh, you mentioned earlier uh, about Kovach and his sleeve was a smoker. I thought that was kind of interesting that Kovach himself was not a smoker, but his sleeve was. So addictions. He has a nicotine addiction. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So it's like he doesn't want to fire it up, but his body is addicted. And I find that's interesting that you carry that, like you inherit it. You inherit this addiction or affliction or, I mean, does that carry over? Um, can you be uploaded into like a diseased body? I would assume so, yeah. I would assume that whatever the body is that at that time, that's that's what you would have. Maybe some of the like uh, 
like if you'd say like mental diseases, maybe not, but like the physical things, I think you would. Yeah, I just I thought that was really interesting. Uh, so I did make a note of that, and you mentioned that earlier. Um, I did come across we mentioned earlier about Kovach uh, was an envoy, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the other pod or on our first episode um, that we had this discussion. Um, but I, I again, as I'm interested in what the heck does this mean? Um, a little bit of information I found out about what an envoy is. So basically they're space Marines soldiers trained to withstand the mental and physical pressures that come from frequent reskinning. They are equipped with neurochems that give them superior senses. And I guess we see some of that as he can kind of see what someone's going to do, or he can kind of see through those walls when he saw the soldiers coming. Um, they have been trained extensively in torture techniques. Um, and this I found was interesting because I think you mentioned something in the first episode about how Joel Kinnaman is kind of uh, acting this a little bit. But it says that they have been wiped of most human emotions. So oh, they have, okay. Yeah, they have no morals or feelings of guilt. So and, it's kind of like a, a Dexter. It's like a future Dexter almost. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting because I thought, oh, well, knowing that piece of information kind of helps me understand Kovach a little bit more. I mean, you can kind of say, well, he's a hardened soldier. He's he's seen battle. He's had to probably kill people that he didn't want to have to kill or he's been put in situations that, you know, and he's lost a lot of people. He's clearly lost people that he's cared about. And that's made him hardened and uh, no feelings. And um, but I think it was he was trained that way, whatever they did to build these envoys and train them that's how they're made so I think that kind of and for anyone else you know because I think I've seen that kind of out sprinkled out there in the internet as well people talking about you know like his facial expressions or how he comes across and it's like well sounds like he's kind of supposed to based on his uh, envoy experience so anyway I found that kind of interesting added it in my notes one thing that I found interesting this is the last thing that I'll um or no one last thing um I find it interesting that in this world uh, meth means uh, elite class, but in our world, you associate it with like the drug or like a meth head. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the huh. complete opposite of each other. Because <laughs> when they were like whatever back in the day, like bad is bad, and now like in the late nineties, bad was like good. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of because I remember when I first heard them say meth, I'm like, is there still meth in this world? <laughs> thinking like the drug i'm so simple-minded that that's i can't expand beyond it um so i thought that was just kind of interesting um observation my last thing is i'm curious why we talked a little bit in the beginning that little boy wanted to try to help that poor dead girl that fell from the sky and his dad's like no uh do you want to go to jail and he didn't want to report the dead body why do you think they'd go to jail I mean, isn't that kind of what you're supposed to do is report a missing person? Like if you come, it's kind of the law, isn't it? If you find a dead body, you got to report it. Yeah. I just wonder if in this world, it's pretty much like uh, if you're found with a dead body, it's like, oh, well, you must have been the one to kill it. So we're not going to bother with, you know, trials or anything like that. We're just going to, you know, send you to jail and you're going to be the one that's committed the murder. And that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, I'm, maybe we'll get to know a little bit more about the laws and uh, just the, the workings a little bit. I don't have to know every detail, but I'm finding it kind of mysterious. I'm just curious, why would you get in trouble for, uh, you know, if you uh, clearly you didn't do anything or they're minding your business fishing um, and a body falls from the sky, why would you get in trouble? So I just find it interesting um, why that was said. So that is all my notes. What do you have? you have any, any notes? All right, so I have a few notes. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting was uh, the detective mentioned uh, religious coding on their stack. So like mm-hmm. her dad, 
I'm guessing they're very like devout Christian or devout Catholics or something like that. And, you know, when they go, they go. They don't bring them back to figure out anything. And so she had mentioned, her mother had mentioned to her that um, she had removed her religious coding so that she could come back. So I'm kind of curious to see how like, you know, the religion plays with this new technology and how that works. Because I mean, this is like, Mm -hmm. you could probably easily say this is what, like 500 years in the future, maybe more. Yeah. And religion still plays a very important part to the day-to-day life of people. Yep. Uh, Kovacs mentioned something about before he worked for Bancroft, he worked for the Protector. And yeah, the that Protectorate. Had, that's kind of what they're in now, right? That's who's ruling now. The Protectorate. Yes, I, I, I wasn't really clear on that. Like, I was trying to figure out, like, who is this Protector? Like, what is it? Yeah, I think it it's like the like UN. A, they keep talking like the UN okay. still exists, but it's it's like that's it's like not like the United States government anymore. It's like the UN controls the world and it's the UN protectorate. I think this is just not anything that was exactly revealed in the show. It's just what I've come across in, in my notes. Gotcha. That reading. makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's see. They have actual iPhones now. So whatever they inject into their eyes is kind of like their communication device. They can make phone calls, search the internet, that's do right. all kinds of stuff with it, which I thought was kind of neat. iPhone. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, the coffee comes in a cup that you open like a soda. So I don't know if like there's something in that like when you open it, it there's some chemical reaction to heat it up, which I thought was kind of neat. Yeah, let's hope the so. Last, the last bit I had was the detective's house. Like it was really cool. She was like she had like a downtown loft that you know she opened up and like she had her window wasn't a window, but it was like a neon sign that looked out, so you could see people walking by. It was a really cool looking uh, like basically loft. So I really kind of mm-hmm. dug her house. It was cool. I liked it. I'd live there. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much all I had for my notes. I like it. Good show. Good, good uh, storytelling and good, um, I think, story in of itself. Good writing. I like it. Can't wait to see episode three. Awesome. So now for a little bit of news. We're a little thin on news. There's not a whole lot out there about Altered Carbon that's not spoilery that talks about like future episodes. Um, So we have this one. This is from The Guardian, and this was an interview with Richard Morgan, and he's the author of Altered Carbon. We've talked before that this was a book, so this is the fella that wrote Altered Carbon. So it just says, uh, this little piece that I took out, Richard Morgan traces the genesis of Altered Carbon to an argument he had with a Buddhist at a party. So he says, we got talking about karma and the idea that if you're suffering in this life, it's because in a previous life you did something shitty. I've got a lot of time for Buddhism. Among the predominant faiths, it's the one that's the least full of bullshit. But I pressed him. So I'm suffering and I can't remember what I did to earn the suffering. That's not right, is it? Because I'm not that person. And he said, it's the same soul. I said, it doesn't fucking matter. (laughs) What matters is whether you as an existential being remember it. Otherwise, I'm being punished and I don't know why. That's the height of injustice. Um, So Richard Morgan is a consultant on the show, which if all goes well, we're run for five seasons. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. He has said in the past that he is done with Kovach, but the adaptation has kind of woken it all up again. So he might reconsider. Nice. So, yeah, I found that's the first time that I've seen where they're hoping anyway for it to run, you know, uh, or, or at least how long they expect it to run. I think... I think a lot of shows are kind of going for that five season. Like they feel like they can get a good story because I think there's three books. 
Um, like I said, I haven't read them, but I think Altered Carbon was the first one, and there's two more, so it sounds like that's what they're going for. I found that article kind of interesting. It kind of gives you where, like the, like you said, the genesis of Altered Carbon came from. Yeah, I feel like when he says, like, you're getting punished for something you did in the past, it's like whenever, like, I remember vividly a story where um, my mom was like, hey, I, I know you turned the grill on and left it on. And, like, I could not remember doing that. Like, I'm pretty sure I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But then she's like, oh, well, the neighbors saw you do it. Now you're lying. And I'm like, I don't remember doing this. <laughs> but you still get in trouble for it. And you're like, that's not fucking fair. Of course, you no. don't say that because then you get even more trouble. Nope. You just, you're you're screaming internally or you go scream yep. your pillow. <laughs> and then you do your time and. <laughs> that's right. You don't backtalk mama. Nope. Yeah. And um, we've got some pretty good feedback. So letters from the Raven Hotel. We need a little Raven um, thing in there, Sean. You have to find this one. (laughs) There you go. I knew you'd come through. Do you you want to read the Kovac was at the jacket off. (laughs) Kovac was at the jacket off. Damn you, Raven. Oh, my gosh. All right, so this email. Why don't you read the first one for us? (laughs) So this email says, Dear Sean and Remo, wow, wow, wow. Thank you for podcasting Altered Carbon. This is a show I never would have tried without your suggestion. My Netflix queue is full of safe choices like the Great British Bake Off and Zumba's Desserts. What a treat it is to watch something completely out of my comfort zone. I love it. I can't wait to hear what you have to say and add to this program. Totally tubular in California, Elizabeth. That was super awesome. Thank you, Elizabeth. Yeah, thanks, Elizabeth. I love Yeah, let us know what you think on each episode, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I definitely responded to her. So check your email, Elizabeth, if you haven't already. That um yeah, let us know that if if you love it, tell us what you love. Let's get into some deeper discussion on each episode. So yeah, thanks for that email. That's great. Um, next email that we have says, Hey guys, I binged this show the first weekend it came out. I found it incredibly gripping and intriguing. I agreed with everything you had to say about the first episode. It doesn't spoon feed you plot or world rules, so you have to learn as you go, but I like that. I had to watch with the subtitles on to make sure I wasn't missing anything important. I did too. Um, But the show does a fantastic job of laying out the plot bit by bit, enough to keep you coming back for more. Veronica. Thanks, Veronica. All right, so we got a little bit of feedback from episode one of Altered Carbon. So this is from Christine Howe. So overall, I enjoyed the premise in the first episode. I did think the nudity was at times gratuitous and unnecessary. I'm not sure why, because that kind of stuff usually doesn't bug me, but when it's not important to the plot or the story, I don't understand the point. I'm really looking forward to seeing how the story develops and what happens all the same. A very creative story for sure. The only thing, and so this is kind of me saying, like the only thing I think that why the nudity kind of seems like that is Mm -hmm. just to kind of get across the point like body image and like you know bodies aren't looked at as like this hollowed like private thing anymore it's just like it's just a thing it's just a t-shirt it's just a pair of jeans it's a new hairdo superficial yeah exactly it's like clothes like you said it's like jeans or a t-shirt you're just wearing clothes so yeah i get that i thought you know and i have to say you know we talked a lot about uh, game of thrones and westworld and some of the nudity involved and i remember now as much as i love game of thrones i'm definitely not bashing it um 
But I remember whenever I first started watching it, I thought, holy cow. And I thought some of the nudity in, in, in the first couple of seasons were a little unnecessary. I thought they went overboard a couple of times with, you know, it's like, okay, you know, it got to be all about tits and ass you know, mm, yeah. the first couple of seasons that it's like, it was just too much. I get that there were, um, it, it had its purpose in the show, but I think Game of Thrones kind of did the same thing a, a little bit. And I think they, I think they scaled it back just a little bit and made it more purposeful. Uh, to the story. So, I mean, it's fantastic. So, um, anyway, thank you, Kristen. And thank you everyone that took the time to write in. I, it, it really thrills me when, when we get folks that say that I wouldn't have watched this show without your recommendation. And now that I have, I really like it. That really means a lot. Yeah. Um, I think that's cool. Like to kind of be like, I would not have watched this show, but because you guys were doing it, I was going to jump on board. Yeah. And, and to know that people are digging it, we've had other people, you know, uh, just comment that they, they're, you know, liking it. It was unexpected and they weren't familiar with this world. I wasn't familiar with altered carbon as far as the books in that universe prior to this. So I'm really excited to be exposed to it now. So I really appreciate everyone writing in and letting us know what you think of it and keep writing in and letting us know, um, even if you want to talk about a different episode than what we're talking about this week, I still want to hear it because I feel like this show is so rich and dense and there's so much story going on that there's a lot to talk about and a lot of conversation that can happen. So keep writing in. Um, I love hearing from you guys. It means a lot. I get a kick out of reading all the emails and feedback. So thanks guys. Yep. Thanks everybody. So next week we'll be covering the third episode from Alter Carbon titled In a Lonely Place. So this episode's description is Kovax recruits an unlikely partner to watch his back during a banquet at the Bancroft home where Ortega oversees the night's grisly entertainment. Ooh. I wonder what's going to happen there. I wonder, do you think his unlikely partner will be Poe? Maybe that'd be awesome. I know, wouldn't it? And I don't know because I don't, I don't know spoilers. I have not watched the episode, so I have no clue. But we were talking a lot about how Poe was really kind of helping him through this episode. It offered his help, wanted to be a sidekick, and it'd be cool if we kind of saw that come together a little bit. I'd be excited for that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're really excited that you uh, chose a sleeve with us. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange T Cast. You can follow us on, or you can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash stranger cast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. You can email us at stranger things cast pod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like the Westworld cast at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. Make sure to check out Sean in his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. Every Sunday yeah. like clockwork, folks. Every single Sunday. All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 26, Fallen Angel. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Kristen Howell is strange indeed. Thank you for visiting Jack and Hall. Hope you come again.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 